almost February, so we are celebrating the end of one winter month, and we're heading to another. My two, favorite, my two favorite words are unseasonably warm, so let's hope that we're we're uh, headed our way. We have two guests today. First, we'll talk to Amadeo Fusca for Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus Live at the Westport Playhouse. Then around minute 24, we'll talk to our good friend Gary F. Bell from Stray Dog Theater about Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. Then around minute 49, Lynn saw Scrambled. Then around minute 55, Lynn is enjoying True Detective Night Country on HBO and Masters of the Air on Apple TV+. She's looking forward to Feud on FX and The Greatest Night in Pop on Netflix. One of the things that's coming up is Valentine's Day, and you know what that means. Love. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. So we, we have a new touring show. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus live at the Westport Playhouse, February 14th through the 18th. However, it is not the old version. It is a brand new, fresh version, the 10th anniversary edition. And they have updated it to make it current. So we we are welcome. We are welcoming today Amadeo Fusca, who is the man behind the mic for this one. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for, for going, because you are a busy guy. How many, <clears throat> excuse me, how many cities are you going to for this show? Uh, Yeah, I'm um, touring with this. I actually tour with a, another uh, variety show that I do too. So I um, literally just got back to LA yesterday. I was in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and London, England. But um, with this show specifically, we just did Cleveland coming to St. Louis, we're doing a bunch of cities in Iowa, we're doing Cincinnati, we're doing Atlanta, we're doing um, a couple random spots in uh, California, like La Mirada and Bakersfield and Santa Barbara and Sacramento. So it's uh, it's kind of this never ending uh, kind of gig, which is fun, which is fun for audiences, fun for me. It sounds like it's going to be a laugh riot. Am I correct here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, it's me on stage for two hours, just being the best cartoon character version of myself, you know, just trying to... Uh, you know, act out all kinds of stories, playing all kinds of characters. It's a, it's a, it's a fun monologue with the audience. And um, I do my best to make it immersive with the audience as well. You know, I pull off their reactions. I interview some people, I talk to them. I, uh, you know, I really get the crowds going and uh, you know, I, I really, um, I, uh, I call it like a rocket ship of energy just as soon as it starts. It's just a fun comedy, an amazing date night for people, which is perfect that we're coming Valentine's day week. So it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Amadeo, I have seen this show more than once. What is new about the show this time around? Uh, yeah, I've seen it. That's great. Uh, what's new about it is, uh, you know, I, I, I've been, I make updates every city I go pretty much, you know, it's like insert, um, you know, local flavor here uh, to where we're at, you know, insert new fresh material uh, buzzword that uh, is going around the world um, here. I'll, I'll edit some of the stories I'm telling uh, we've added some, you know, maybe some pandemic fresh material and parts to it to keep it kind of relevant in that in that state of, you know, what happened to, um, in the household uh, and what has changed uh, during that time. So, um, you know, you just have to come back for a third or fourth time to see it just to see how much has changed. And, uh, you know, yeah. So is there anything specific about St. Louis audiences that you notice 
Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's like every city you go to, if you could find the, if you could find one of the buzzwords, they go nuts. You know, I'm, I'm sure when I talk about St. Louis Bread Company and Panera, you know, they'll lose their mind a little bit. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's uh, every audience I, you know, I find that just every audience is the same. They're just they just want to laugh, and you just got to hit them from all sides, all angles, and you just got to hit them with something they're not expecting. And uh, you just got to be really loose and in the moment and open to, uh, you know, shifting gears, going left, going right, going down the middle. So, uh, you know, I really treat the show like it's a, like it's a like it's a sports event for me. You know, I'm on stage and I'm just moving all over the place and I'm just um, doing my best to make sure it's uh, the best possible night out uh, that uh, anybody whose uh, butt is in that seat. And there is a bar. Just saying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you can bring cocktails into the theater. Oh, can you? I yes. Yeah. Oh, that, I always say, oh, when we start the second act, this show is always better, much better when you've been drinking. So that's great. <laughs> well, this is based on a New York Times bestseller, and I did not mm -hmm. read it, but I remember how fresh and new it was the time it came out, mm -hmm. because people didn't really. Um, this was in a time where people didn't really talk about men and women and their feelings like mm -hmm. they do now. So what yeah. is it? What, what, what do you think appeals to uh, people coming to see this? You know, it's uh, you know, we, we market it as a date night show cause it truly is like the best possible date night show you're ever going to have. You know, it's uh, it's for these couples that have, maybe they don't get out as much. Maybe they're just, uh, you know, depending upon, what's going on, you know, they'll get a lot of points for uh, uh, coming out to the show together and laughing at each other. And I just kind of play from both sides, you know, here's the Martian perspective, here's the Venusian perspective. And then, <laughs> like I said, I do my best to be a, a, a cartoon character so everybody could just laugh at, see, laugh at themselves within those stories. So the appeal is just, you know, it's, uh, it's just for everybody. And I do my best to make sure everybody is uh, represented in a way that um, they don't take themselves too seriously. So they're just there to laugh, drink, have fun, and uh, maybe go back and, uh, you know, uh, just uh, love each other a little bit more. Well, it is it is a date night, and usually the men are there, not necessarily of their free will, but yeah. speaking as a man who has seen the show, it is very entertaining, and I had a great time, and I, I, I talked to some guys, I've seen it, like, I, I didn't think I liked the show, and it's pretty funny. I think mm -hmm. it's because... It's a man. It's you on stage telling the stories. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in the most perfect world of the show, you know, you would have, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd bring in like, uh, you know, his wife, so to speak, to do both sides of the, of the story. But, you know, I, I, we've been successful for over eight years or 10 years they've been doing the show. And, um, you know, most of the audiences that do love it and they keep coming back and then come in droves are the uh, the, the women. And then, like you said, the men are like, I don't know what to expect. You know, I got dragged to the theater. But, you know, the whole time I'm really talking to them to to be better in a way, uh, just using the uh, women's perspective to be slightly uh, funnier and more cartoonish. And that makes them laugh. And, you know, plus I'm kind of you know, I'm in the same boat as them and I'm talking, I'm telling stories about sports and all that stuff. So the guy who probably most likely wouldn't show up there, uh, I, I, I done a lot of work throughout the years of doing this show to make sure that that guy wants to come back. So, um, yeah, it's, that's been the fun challenge is anybody who finds themselves there, who's like, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be there. I, I get them going. 
Oh, good. Because right now in the winter and it's been dreary. So, and football will be over. So mm -hmm. this is a good time to make plans yeah. to uh, see that. Now uh, I was reading about your other uh, one man show stamp town. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I've been the last few years, I've been traveling with this incredible variety show. It's called stamp town. It's made the, it's made the, it's hosted by Zach Zucker. He's like, he studied clowning in France and he hosts it in a character and he gets like a, he accumulates like a group of us. It changes throughout each city, but I've been kind of a main player of, of people who just do a bunch of fun uh, characters throughout the night. It's kind of like a comedy circus. And uh, after you do your bit, you kind of uh, revolving door, you come back in throughout the night, interrupt the show. And, um, you know, I just came back from London. I was doing it at uh, the Soho Theater in London. We did two weeks. Uh, we did Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, but he's been doing it at Edinburgh Fringe for like the last five years. And uh, we did it in London just for laughs, Montreal just for laughs, Austin Moon Tower Festival going back this year. And then he does a bunch of one-offs here in LA and New York probably once or twice a month. And he just travels the world with it all the time. And uh, I'm kind of a new player, but uh, I've been doing uh, this character that's a musical conductor called Salvatore Giovanni. It's a physical comedy silent character. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's truly a... It's truly a, a miracle how well it works everywhere and anywhere. And uh, I think it's because it just transcends any language or any age. It's just kind of a physical comedy silent bit that everybody can kind of get behind. And uh, it has a very surprising, fun joke that <laughs> that before it even hits people, they're laughing. So uh, I'm turning it into an hour show as well. So Oh, good. Yeah, because I fear that you may be back with that one of these days. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that show will be a little bit different than Mars Venus. You know, Mars Venus is a little bit of a targeted kind of date night audience, and it's fun, and it's fresh, and I do tow some lines in that show. But uh, this show, uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily tow any political lines, but it is really silly and dumb to the <laughs> point where, I don't know, I mean, the first, it works, but uh, it, it's a tricky one to uh, market because people really won't know what they're coming to. So what can you tell us about Alto Nights, or can you? Oh, uh, yeah, so I had, a, I, had a, I had a nice small supporting role in, the, in Alto Nights, the De Niro-Barry Levinson movie. Uh, you know, it was, it was supposed to be out by now, but they kept pushing the release date because I filmed that last February in Cincinnati. Wow. Uh, you know. Before the, all the strikes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and it was interesting because I had – it was in the middle of a, a week-long run. Actually, it was this time last February – um i was in chicago for a week of shows so i had to miss the first two of shows in chicago to film it but uh yeah i mean you know it should be fun my role is uh you know don't blink <laughs> well you play but lucky luciano which is a familiar name so is this yeah. a gangster pick with de niro pretty much i mean he plays both roles he plays uh vito genovese oh uh, god uh he plays frank Costello and Vito Genovese, he plays both rival mobsters uh, in a time uh, where they're ri rivaling each other. So it's, um, there's a lot of, um, it's a, it's a biopic pick. So there's a lot of uh, real mobsters and real characters throughout. Yeah. Another, oh. another mafia movie. Who knew, who, who knew we needed another one? <laughs> well, how was, that how, was would do it. how was working yeah. with Barry Levinson, Oscar winner yeah. for Raymond? You know, it's, uh, it's not like my part was like, you know, some big arc or anything. So it's not like I spent a, a lot of time with him. You know, it was an honor to be chosen for that role. But, 
you know, I'm not one to sit here and kind of say like, oh my God, it was, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have too much crazy stuff to do. So I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, I was kind of in and out in two days. Um, so I, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, Barry was great. You know, he just, <laughs> you know, we've been we messaging on Instagram. He sent me this wonderful email about how lucky he was that, no. The it, second it, uh, unit director was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it was, everybody was super sweet, but it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't this glorious, like, oh my God, like, this is it. Um, well, who else uh, is in it? Who who else is in it? If you can tease that, do you know? Wow, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer might be in it. I don't know. Actually, wow. I really don't know. Um, there was these two younger actors who play them when they're younger, and one was brilliant. Uh, he just has a brilliant look to him, and I could just tell like his scenes. I was like, he's already doing some Broadway stuff. Um, but I'm a little bit embarrassed that I almost forgot I was in the movie. It was a year ago. And, <laughs> You moved uh, on to the next job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, been, I've been just uh, doing a lot of theater, uh, theatrical comedy. So, well, I, I know your resume includes a vast uh, number of things, including roasts with Ricky Schroeder and Dennis Rodman, which is interesting. And then you were on As the World Turns. So I know that was a while ago because As the World Turns hasn't been on for. <laughs> quite some time so how did you get involved were you like a class clown because you seem to gravitate to all these comedies so is that a part of your dna yeah i mean you know i grew up i was the youngest of three and my older brothers were six years and 10 years older than me so and i grew up in the party house you know they always said we had this really cool basement where my mom always let us just have people over she was a big worrier so if we were at the house then everybody was okay so you know, from the age six on up, uh, I was just involved in everybody's parties and poker tournaments and Sega Genesis tournaments. And, uh. you know, I would have parties. And so I just, you know, I was always everybody's little brother and we would watch everything. You know, I was never censored. I watched all the great dramas and all the great comedy specials growing up. You know, I saw the movie Seven in theaters when I was nine years old because <clears throat> I was just into really great dramas. So I just kind of grew up that way. And uh, I think I just became a natural character myself i was a class clown uh so i just i always yeah i liked attention i got attention and um you know when i hit new york um yeah i just i jumped into everything i could you know improv sketch stand up uh serious i did a lot of serious scene work classes and you know that's why mars venus is so great it's an amalgamation of like everything it really is a hybrid of stand up improv sketch there's some serious moments it's really more theatrical so I always tell people, you know, when I do comedy, I take it very seriously. Uh, for the most part, that's why it's uh, that's why it usually tends to work out for me. Well, I have some information for you. Your movie is coming out in November of this year, and the other actress that is in it is Deborah Messing. Deborah, you know, I was gonna say that the Will and Grace. I was gonna say Deborah Messing. I couldn't find her. Uh, I couldn't find her name. I don't know why I thought uh, Michelle Pfeiffer might have been on a call list or if that was. But a they they just bumped it. They bumped it to award season, so coming out in November is good. Yeah, that is good. You know, it's longer. I have to wait for any possible residuals I might collect. But, uh, <laughs> no, but I, that's why exciting. they were on strike, so you could get those yeah. residuals. Yeah. You know, I'm only a little bit uh, butthurt uh, when talking about it uh, because um, I was up for another role that I got called back for that was like in three, like, in a bunch of scenes and had you know and died and. So I was like, I was so perfect for that role, but I didn't get it. So that was, uh, that's the only reason why I'm like, oh, what really could have been, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's all fine.
we want to send people to thewestportplayhouse.com because that's where they can find information, tickets, and times and dates because that's yeah. where people need to go to find that information. Carl, when you saw the show, was it me or was it another actor? My wife said your name so many times. Amadeo is so yeah. unique. I would remember that if it was you or if it was somebody else. I do believe it was you. And I, I think we it. saw you not only here in St. Louis, but I think we might have seen you, I want to say Nashville. Well, you have been in oh. over 60 cities in more than 30 states. So that's impressive. So any tips on the road that you... uh that you've learned over these years? Uh, man, you know, I, I got a kind of a backwards uh, lifestyle. You know, um, when I'm doing the show at night, I'm chugging coffee, so I can't get to bed. Um, you know, sometimes when I have these 5, 6 a.m. early flights, I stay up all night, you know, and I sleep all day to get ready for the show. So, I mean, uh, there's no real tip. I mean, I, I guess keep snacks in your bag. <laughs> uh, if I keep snacks in my bag, that's always a plus because I'll just be wherever I'm at. And then I'll look in my bag and be like, oh, nice. Thank God I have this bar or these chips or whatever. But uh, I have I keep so many things in my bag now. It's insane. You know, whether it's melatonin and Dramamine, I keep Dramamine everywhere I go. So that, that's a That's a key one. Uh, I have all kinds of portable portable chargers are huge. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, uh, those are my those are my those are my tips. You're like George Clooney and up in the air with that suitcase yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. So your resume is indeed impressive. you got anything coming up because you've been in uh, NCIS on CBS, that damn Michael Shea on HBO, yep. Daredevil on Netflix, Boardwalk Empire on HBO, and Almost Family on Fox. So anything coming up? Uh, you know, the strike really kind of, uh, right before the strike, I was I was booking some good stuff and then strike hit but i've been doing uh like i said i've been touring with that stamp town show so luckily that's been feeding feeding my soul uh but uh tv film wise no i don't really have anything on the docket i gotta book i gotta book some roles here uh auditions <laughs> are i finally started getting some more auditions last week so uh we'll see hopefully that's all picks up but everything that's coming up is mars venus stamp town you know uh can't sit still you know i'll be in God, in the next 60 days, I'll probably be in like eight cities, uh, maybe more. Uh, so um, it's uh, so, yeah. And then I have a, a voiceover I did recently for like Hershey's that will probably play around Easter time. It's supposed to play a lot around Easter time. So that's something. But that's cool. Nothing. Easter's early. That, that's Mardi Gras is the day before your show opens. Mardi Gras is February 13th. Oh, wow. And, As you guys do and, a big Mardi Gras there, right? Yes, we yes. do big Mardi Gras, and you're you're. It's a weird Catholic thing, but you, uh, your show Valentine's Day is uh, Ash Wednesday, so you'll see a lot of people with ashes on their head that day. It's a big uh, Catholic town. Wonder if I can make that funny. Well, you've got two yeah. weeks to figure it out. I bet you Thanks can. I bet you can. <laughs> Real quick, I'll be in like I'll be staying there. I kind of get I've been there before, so I kind of get trapped there. How far is the Mardi Gras events from there? It's, they're kind of far, uh, huh? Not close, but you know what they do have? They have a brand new restaurant that opens up actually today. It's called 360. It's at the top of a hotel, and it gives you a 360 view of the area out west at Westport. So they uh -huh. have one of them downtown. But they just opened up the other one today, and I was at their soft opening last week. And the food is fantastic, and the 
if you're familiar, people listening, if you're familiar with the 360 downtown, this one is twice the size of that. So oh, wow. it, it is a beautiful bar. And do they have the do they have the deconstructed Kit Kat dessert? Yes, they do. They do have that. It's fantastic. But Amadeo, to answer your question, you're probably 10 to 12 miles away from that. So you're yeah. going to have to Uber unless yeah, you have your thanks. car. Thanks. Real quick, because this is, this, is, this is like a funny sketch now. So uh, Gary's been in this room the whole time. Is that true, right? Yeah. Oh, this is a funny sketch. Like you're in a Zoom thing and it's just like you're waiting the whole time. And you're just like, you just... I wanted to hear about your show. So I thought, let me pop on early. Okay, thanks. That's funny and, though. It's like you're like a funny sketch. We um I need to introduce Gary, but thank you so much for your time, Amadeo, because I know you're busy. You were talking to Broadway World, now us. And if you yeah. go to the radio station KTRS, which is right across from the Westport Playhouse, um uh, I'm there every Friday morning, so I might run into you. So Oh but yeah, I, Friday. Well maybe we'll come talk to you. I think they have me coming to a bunch uh yes i'm sure i'm sure they do i'm sure they do and so that'll that'll be good for you all right yeah there's a there's a funny bone there as well yeah Yeah. so it's february 14th through the 18th at thewestportplayhouse.com men are from mars women are from venus the 10th anniversary tour amadeo thank you for being with us today yeah thanks for having me guys i appreciate it yeah break a leg and we look forward to seeing you in your many different roles yeah. Should I stay in this now? For you Gary's can stay if you want to. <laughs> if you want to, it's fine. You want to talk about the longest running play that has ever been in British history? Yeah. It's only it's only right now that I stay for Gary. So please, thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Thanks, I'm right. So thank you. So we are segueing to our next guest, who is Gary F. Bell. And we've talked to Gary before, Carl, because he's always got yes. something entertaining and interesting. At the Stray Dog, Dog does good shows. And at the Tower Grove Abbey, I'll be there tonight for Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap, a classic, a deservedly classic mystery. And it is, we're all going to be snowed in with seven well, people. I love those. I love those when you have a, a drawing room show where nobody can leave and it's all people kind of suspicious of each other so welcome gary hey guys good to see you and uh yeah I, we decided to do it in january because we thought what a better what the best month to do it in right oh yeah oh yeah mm, and, I, and who, who doesn't love a good mystery and you are now in your 21st season yeah wow kind of shocking <laughs> i think I this know. is the sixth show that we've done we've produced since the beginning uh but yeah, yeah. In a while it goes fast right oh it does and i've Most been going since the mid 2000s so right. you when i started going you weren't that you weren't that uh you were pretty new yeah well we we're in the middle of uh our you know popularity but now uh things are super we have a couple of sold out shows already uh things are going well they a nice secure base of folks over time that happens you know so i'm always grateful for that it's been a tough time for some theaters and uh, we've done pretty well in managing that whole pandemic world. So I'm very oh, grateful. Yeah. Yeah. When I remember you were outside. You were doing the shows. You took you pivoted yeah. to outdoors. We did, we did uh, an outside and, show because we couldn't go inside. And we have that big old outside lawn space. So built the stage. We did art. 
uh, had people sitting in outside chairs and uh, it worked well. We'll do, you know, I'll do anything to get a show up. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm anywhere. And, and you've been at it, you've been at it quite a long time. Well, the, the Abbey lends itself to intimate dramas. Yeah. And cause it, Amadeo was talking about more intimate places yeah. that you get, you feel the energy. And that's one yeah, thing that you do. Space, uh, the church space that we have and, uh, 150 seats that grand space really lends itself especially to mysteries and scary stuff because it's, uh, it's been around for a while that space has been built it was built in 1906 um so it has a lot of history as well uh, it's amazing to me what you get on that stage yeah we have no, we have no yeah, wing but, space but a because huge we had, yeah we had the collapsing stage uh, we had the collapsing underground uh for uh godspell and then how many people have you had? You had Ragtime, we probably did. one of the most incredible shows. How many people was that? That was like 25 uh, on that tiny stage. And that stage spanned the whole width of the of the Abbey there, if you remember. I mean, uh, we always normally have an upstairs and a downstairs. We have that as well for Mousetrap. Because we have a we have a high ceiling to, we can use instead. And it create bridges and interesting tunnels and all that kind of stuff. But. It's a, always a challenge, but, you know, you get used to it. By now, Justin, who's the associate artistic director, and I have got that figured out. And we know how to use that space really well. Well, the uh, there is a bar also. Uh, it's the barking. <laughs> man, um, that's involved, all Lynn, <laughs> Lynn cares only about the bars, not the shows. Yeah, we well, do. I'm we just, have you know, a full bar. We have a full bar. We have, we have great things to eat and, and uh, to enjoy while you're there. But, yeah. Yeah, well, they, they do. They have the, they have a quite a nice array but now you've been doing a signature cocktail for the mm -hmm. show so for the mousetrap what's your cocktail i i'm not going to share that until you come that's okay okay <laughs> yes it's the mousetrap you're not supposed to divulge no. anything about the show nothing no i, I, I went like to, i, I saw well here here's the thing i auditioned my freshman year in high school at cbc christian brothers college high school for Tom Murray, I auditioned for Christopher Wren. And of course, since I was a freshman, they all the seniors got the lead roles. But I was the understudy for Christopher Wren. And then when I went to London for the first time, I went, because you have to go, I went to the St. Martin's Theater to go see this play because it is the longest running play um, in the history of theater in the West End. And it's got like 28,000 performances. And so there are very storied traditions about this show you're not supposed to ever tell anyone who did it or yeah. any of the twists and and even though i saw it many years ago i still remember the things that you're not supposed to talk about yeah yeah i like to, my guests are always interested in what that drink is so that's why i'm not telling ahead of time i want them to come and then they can find out themselves oh. like, tell them what it is I mean, nope because it's usually something that they really enjoy so that'll be fun well, why do you think it's lasted this long? Why do you think this, because this is an Agatha Christie mystery. What's the appeal? I, the structure is really interesting because it's uh, two acts and the first act is split into two scenes, half and half. It's an hour each. So it's fairly short for an older play. Usually they're longer than that. And the first half of the, uh, of the show, act one, scene one, is all the introductions of all the unusual and, you know, possible suspects. And then the second half begins the next day where they're all being grilled. 
And I think that the the way that she has it written is so, so clever that people have time to go off and change into multiple costumes and come on. And I just, the structure, the structure seems to be very strong. And again, how they find out who it is, is also interesting. And who it is, is also very interesting. And how that happens, that journey has kept people very interested all the, all this time. And even when people have seen it before, they still will come back, uh, even if they know the ending. So again, I think some, the reason why plays can be done so often is with different casts, you have a different journey, right? And that makes it unique. We're doing something kind of different with this show with the costumes. They're very interesting. I'm going to keep that also private because Lynn's coming tonight. I want her to be surprised. Uh, and again, the set's kind of cool. You know, we have an upstairs where people can creep around on stairs, which is not normally done. It's usually done in one, you know, flat flat set. And they go upstairs, but they have like three little steps to go to. We have a whole cascading banister for them to climb up and down. So that makes it a little more like mousetrap-ish, right? With places <laughs> to escape to and go to. So we have come up with a really clever design. And um, I think that that's going to make it really interesting for people who have seen it before. We get to see something new and fresh. And people who have seen it and haven't been, have never seen it, but this will be their first time. It's very interesting. A lot of new people in our company this season. Out of 30 people we hired out of 300, 18 were people who had been with us before. 17 folks were brand new, never on our stage. So that's kind of exciting too, uh, to have some really new young talent for people to enjoy. But I think that that journey about that show, how it kind of all gets gets drawn together at the end is the, is the key to that show being so successful. It's a quintessential clue meets mystery, right? Mrs. Right, White, but it, it, it came first. And yeah. Lynn, also, uh, to answer your question, Lynn, I would say that since they've never made a movie of this, uh, no. never made an American movie of this, because the play is just that special. And yeah. now you know, you'll notice that Agatha Christie's hot once again, thanks to Kenneth Branagh, but, and this this title is never brought up because they don't think they can do it justice in a film. Yeah. Well, I don't think and, they can. Yeah. And no. People have asked me, why have you never done this in the, in, you know, the 21 years we've been around? And I was saving it for just the right spot. You know, I look around to see what's happening in the culture and stick. I kind of started to steal from that. But you're right. Uh, I, from the kind of broad step, I mean, this is a good time. People are really into these and knives out and things of that nature. Um, we'll, we'll plan we'll plan our season around things that I think are going to be interested either politically, socially, or culturally to kind of grasp onto a way to get people in butts and seats. They're really into that kind of mystery right now. That's that's kind of the job of an artistic director, right? Yes. Show and, and uh, business. Well, <laughs> it ha it has run over two hundred. I mean, not two hundred. Okay, twenty eight thousand nine hundred and fifteen performances. Wow. So it has. It opened in nineteen fifty two in London, and uh, so over seventy years, it has been. Uh, the defining murder mystery. And I know or, two really interesting facts about the, the mousetrap. There's been one actor who's been in every single performance, and that's the actor who's the who's the guy on the radio. Uh, and there's a prop that's been on there from the very beginning also. It's the clock that's on the mantle. Those things have, are really, I found kind of fascinating as I was doing my research. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to know. Because there is an interesting radio that plays a lot of part in the uh, in the show as well. And in the lobby, there is a counter that keeps track of how many performances that they've been in. We got there back when we went in 1992. Uh, I got my picture in front of it, but 
I don't know where that is because it was it's not like it's on Amazon photos because it was from 1992. Right. And the interesting all she says, you know, she wrote in the 50s and the time for time is present. So actually, even though the house is older because Molly and Giles inherited the house to turn it into the manner that there's like a old fashioned B&B, right? They want to rent it out. Uh, so we have it. We have it strongly firm set in the fifties as far as costumes and things of that nature, and the house itself is older, and so you have a little mix of style as well, which is kind of fun, you know. And the uh, they all have secrets. They all they have all have secrets. And don't we all? Right? <laughs> Not like they do. <laughs> And well, that's the fun. I'm I'm glad that I haven't seen it in a long time because I it'll be nice to be refreshed because yeah. it's very interesting. And of course, it's all about the performances. Uh, so who is in this show? Well, we have a good old David Wasilek who's been around in everything. He's our, our standby as General Metcalf. And then uh, Claire Coffey, who was in played Honey and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. She's back to play the lead Molly. And Sean did Cephas. she get married? Did she get married? Yes, she did. Her, her you're, you're, you're still smart, Lynn. She just got married. Her, her name prior to that was Claire Wenzel. I have because like I remember her. I remember because I went up to you going, "Oh my God, she, this girl's really good." She's yes. quite good. You're right. But I, I, I told her I love your, your, your new name. It's a, so stage namey, Claire Coffee. <laughs> but that's her husband's uh, true last name. And then Sean Seifert, who's been in like our last four shows, you know, Vampire Lesbians of Sodom and Saturday Night Fever and Sister Mary. Uh, Jason Heil, a new actor, had a small role in Saturday Night Fever, plays Christopher Wren quite amazingly. He does some unique things. And then Julie Healy, she's uh, done a lot of things over Kirkwood. She's Mrs. Boyle, her first time with us. Shannon Lampkin is Miss Casewell. And then Matt Anderson is uh, Mr. Pervicini. He does a super job as that character. Uh, Drew Mizell is also in the show as a detective, and that's the eight of them. It's quite the stellar cast. You're gonna enjoy oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Well, uh, Sh uh, Shannon Lampkin's got quite a voice. Uh, she yeah. was in Into the Woods and in uh, A Little Night Music. Right. She'll also be in Xanadu, which we're doing next on <gasps> Royal Skates. Royal Skates sings and acts. So, true triple threat. Well, that'll yeah. be interesting. Well, Jay, uh, Justin, you talked about Justin B. He is the assist assistant artistic director and he, our associate, and he, uh, Carl, you would really admire his musical selections every time for a play. His sound design and his music choices really help make it. That's happening tonight too, Lynn. So pay attention. He makes me look really good. <laughs> <laughs> It makes my directing better because, you know, music adds a huge element to what's kind of happening. And he's so skilled at that. Very, very, very wonderful. Of course, our set designers and set stuff is all super as well. We have some interesting things. It's going to be a great show. I'm, I'm happy for you guys to come. You know, I started these Wednesday reviewer nights because it was during COVID. And a lot of our, let's just say I'm in their boat as well, but more mature folks. It was more, more nerve wracking to head out. And so I am always ready on final dress. And so I thought, you know, let's have them come there. Less people, a little safer, COVID. Then when everything kind of got back to normal, Jerry, another wonderful reviewer in town, of course, he said to me, will you keep this, please? Because you guys can knock off one of your shows for the week by coming to that event. 
And I, of course, you all know, guys know it's a dress rehearsal. It's always ready to go, but it's still a rehearsal per se. But we've continued that because they've enjoyed just having that opportunity to be able to see things on a smoother, easier schedule. So there's so much to see. But a lot of you are coming, so there must be a lot going on this week. I tell you, because you yeah, guys. Yeah. Well, next weekend. Yeah, Lynn's, week. Lynn's going to go see Disney on ice five times. That's what she's yeah. going to do. <laughs> but truly, Lynn, I enjoy doing that because I also get to see you guys and talk a little bit more if it's just, you know, you guys there. We can kind of chat, catch up and, and do the thing. But a couple of, there's a bunch of you coming tonight, which will be fun. Yeah, it should be. I, I love a good mystery. And uh, I mean, who doesn't love a good mystery? Right. You know, you're just not right if you don't like a good mystery, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and especially winter is really perfect for it. Now, because you're opening your 21st season, what else do you have in store this year? Well, Xanadu's next, and then we're doing a show called Ripcord. It's about, it's kind of like um, two older women in a, a nursing home, uh, very odd couple-esque. They have kind of back and forth fights about who is going to get the room. And <laughs> it's very, very funny and uh, hysterical. A lot of drama happens there. Then in August, we're doing Ruthless, the musical, which is a hybrid of Gypsy meets the Bad Seed. Uh, so that's going to be a lot. <laughs> the little gal in there who causes a lot of trouble, just like in the Bad Seed. And then what I'm really looking forward is, you know, Justin does the musicals. He's doing Nevermore after that, which oh. is a musical about Poe. And it's very modern as a techno feel. Um, there's a lot of interesting light elements. If you saw Ride the Cyclone, it's kind of along that genre of stuff he likes to do, a little out there. But that is something that I'm I'm really interested to see myself. Uh, he he helps me plan the season, and he wanted to do that show. I'm like, okay, great. And then we're going to end with a, the classic Bell Booking Candle, uh, a little bit of witchery for Christmas, which also takes place on Christmas, that play. And again, the lovely Claire Coffey is going to play the lead in that. And so that's that's our kind of season. A little bit of everything. A little roller skates, a little Poe, a little uh, kids doing uh, murderous things, and you witches, and you're done. Nice little good. <laughs> well, last year you had lesbian vampires of Sodom. You know, Saturday night. About that, show. that show is our highest financial play ever. Oh, my made the goodness. Most play out of all 106 shows. And now all 106 weren't all played, some of the musicals. But it was so popular because we did that in June during Pride. There's also some stuff going on politically about the drag queen scenario. And so we got a lot of support from the, uh, you know, LGBTQIA world, as well as folks coming out to support it was a one-hour show, in and out, Charles Bush, and it made so much crazy bank. We're like, what is happening? Well, that is um, wonderful because I didn't catch it till the end of the run, but people were really whooping and hollering and having a good time during that. Yes, and it was so campy. It's fun well, when you when Charles you do Bush. those. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of the Charles Bush guy of St. Louis. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all you got to do in Ripcord is make them lesbians and then put that back because that's your new you show. <laughs> just get me there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. Fun show. It's a David Lindsay a bar a bear show, and he's he's such a great writer. So it's hysterical. It's funny. Um, they, they just do some wacky things as well. I have a lot of really mature roles this year because you know Mrs. Boyle uh, is a great role in Bell Book and Candle, uh, and then these two women of a certain age. So this is our mature season show. 
It's about time. Get the seniors on stage, right? You have a warning on the kids' show. Ruthless has a warning. We do. Yes. Because do. you have children in it, and people think, oh, if there are kids in it, it must be safe. No. Not necessarily. Nope. No, no. There was a child in Sister Mary Ignatius explains it all for you. And that had a name on it as well. Yeah. Yes. I was I was worried for him. <laughs> Oh, but he was uh, he was really good. He was so cute and so, uh, you know, very Catholic schoolboy. So if, that was good. If you notice he wasn't on stage when the violent things happened. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. He, he just, he just, yeah. yeah, he just came in and out like, you know, oblivious. Yeah, oblivious exactly. to just what was going on. But uh, the the one thing about uh, the audiences it's at the Tower Grove, they're they're into it. They're ready to go. When they come, they are they are very supportive of the theater there. And I think you should be proud of that because people seem to have a really good time uh, together in that space. I try to make it like my home. I'm at every show, of course. I know a lot of subscribers by name. I take subscriptions on the phone myself. Uh, you know, there's no job that's beyond or below me. I do everything. And I think that they've gotten used to that kind of home feel. They come in and see Gary at his house and enjoy some theater. And our Christmas show, like we just described, is normally, it's completely non-traditional. It's a, you're not going to get, as I always tell them, if you want the nutcracker head down to the fox, it's not going to be here. Yeah. Uh, we do this stuff. But, yeah, uh, well, <laughs> yes, it has that, yeah, you have all sorts of like aliens and, and uh, the body, uh, uh, Cindy Lou Who, and and all yeah. those kind of, you know, very alternative. Ben House, you know what I've done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very. Yeah, but well, you know what she hasn't mentioned is the website Stray Dog Theater R E, the correct spelling of theater. Yeah. StrayDogTheater.org. Yep. Exactly. And right. you also do programs with children and with seniors. You've got the what silver? What is it called? Yeah. Uh, um, Silver Stage Senior Theater. Silver yeah. Stage. Then we also have our our, our stray pups. Uh, Sarah Jean Dowling has recently been come has come on board as a full, full not a full time employee but a, a employee of ours and she's doing that as well. We just recently hired her on board. It's about time we got a woman here, right? Well, we that's good. Well, her her wig her wig design for Into the Woods was incredible. So I could see her doing some interesting things with children yeah. drama yeah oh, she is. and she's helping out with some of the stuff for nevermore the crazy raven stuff that we do but uh, for a long time it's just been myself rob and justin and then we decided it's time to branch out and get more more folks in here and uh grow larger which is i'm happy that we can do that you know financially and uh we have her now on board as well and of course rob my partner handles all the money and uh, he doesn't even come over to the theater, which is super. So between Rob and I, we have one brain. You, I do. You have the workspace home life divide. We do. We do. And I don't know if you know this, my friend, but Linda's. I live right next door to the theater in the old pastor's home. So I'm literally 20 feet away from the theater. So I don't have to travel very far. So when we have snow and Rob's offices are here at the house and mine are over at the Abbey, we keep that pretty separate. When the snow difficulty by, being... by 30 feet. Yeah, yeah. But hey, and sometimes 30 feet is all it takes. That's all I need, right? Keep that separation strong. And I tell the actors when it's snowy out and they can't get here, I said, I can get here. What's your problem? <laughs> I walked. They don't find it that humorous, but you know, what the heck? 
Yeah. Well, I, well, this this sounds like a good yin and yang because we have comedy, and then we have mystery. So yeah. it's it's more important to get out because it's been a rough, dreary couple weeks in January. Absolutely. So everybody needs to get out and laugh or get out and share a communal couple gasps here and there. I love when well, an audience all gasps at once. The Mousetrap is at the Stray Dog Theater opening February 1st through the 17th at the Abbey. Yep, absolutely. Tomorrow's the opening night, and I get to see the lovely Lynn tonight at the special reviewer preview. And then, yes, and it's Thursday through Saturday, but yes. you will have a special, you have a special Wednesday sometimes and a special Sunday sometimes, right? On the plays, we have the Sunday matinee, and that's at 2 p.m. on the 11th. And um, the Wednesdays are sometimes with musicals. They're longer. But uh, yeah, that's what we got going on. Our, our, already our matinee sold out. We're nearly sold out for our Saturday night. So we've decided we might need to add some more matinees for the plays as well. So we'll see. But yes, it's going great. Oh, that's good. So three weekends and that's Super Bowl Sunday. I know. So your alternative. Yes, I have definitely <laughs> A lot of people ain't going to that to come to see us. No, because that's the matinee. The show will be over by 4, 4.30, and the game's at 5.30. They just don't see that. Sure. Sure. You should have drinking all day, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just there to see Travis and Taylor. Okay. You can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, Lynn. <laughs> okay. So... With that, we will bid you guys uh, adieu and you can get on with your merry day. And uh, we really appreciate you both coming on at the same time because we know you're super busy. But uh, I hope that uh, the audiences give back to you guys what you give to the audiences. So uh, break a leg. Thanks for having us. Thank great. you both. Okay, take care, guys. Have a great day. Have a great run, Gary. Bye. Same, same with you, my friend. Well, Lynn, have you seen any movies? I, I have. have. I have. What did you see? What did you see, Lynn? I saw Scrambled. Oh, okay. That's the woman that wants to freeze her eggs. Yes. And uh, our CCA Women's Committee, we are giving it the Sophie Seal, which is uh, our Women's Committee Seal about um, female entertainment and empowerment. It's the Seal of Female Entertainment and Empowerment. And we just gave that to Night Country, True Detective. And we gave one to Origin. And we're giving one to Scramble because we enjoyed it. And it's refreshing from a millennial woman's point of view. Uh, she's the eternal bridesmaid, always going to everybody else's baby Wedding. shower, bridal shower, engagement party, and she's got a smile on her face, but she broke up with her longtime boyfriend and she's single and the biological clock is ticking. So it's a woman's journey and it's very funny. It's very millennial and uh, in a good way. And it has a surprisingly decent supporting cast of recognizable faces for a first-time director liam mckendrick first time well, writer when i saw the trailer i'm like i know a lot of people in this film except i didn't know the lead right she's been in a few things but nothing that um 
you know, everybody go, oh, I know her. Uh, she is a, a really clever writer and uh, she's got upcoming projects. She's writing the prequel to Grease Summer Lovin'. Ooh. And she is writing the sequel to I Know What You Did Last Summer. So she's tapped into two high profile projects there. This movie premiered at South by Southwest last uh, spring and it, Lionsgate bought it and they're behind it. And what's what's another cool thing about this movie is it's mostly women behind the camera. It's cinematographer. The, the cinematographer is a woman. The editor is a woman. Composer is a woman costume designer. So I think that's really cool. Now, uh, as for familiar faces, Ego Nuotum of Saturday Night Live plays her best friend. And, and Cl Clancy Brown is in it too, uh, playing her father. Yes. And her father wants her to get back with her old boyfriend, Harry Shum Jr. of Glee, ah. uh, which isn't going to happen because of certain plot points. And he's nudging her for grandchildren. And, uh -huh. but there's this really sweet scene towards the end where he's reminiscing about uh, her and her brother when they were little and he's given impressions of what they were like as little kids. And it's an adorable scene. And uh, she has a brother that's like a fret boy bro, but he's really financially successful. And uh, she embarks on this journey to uh, see if anybody, uh, her past boyfriends, if anybody got away. Like, maybe she needs to revisit these guys. And she does. <laughs> and it's very funny. And uh, Adam Rodriguez, who was in Magic Mike and on uh, CSI Miami, he's one of her ex-boyfriends. And okay. so you'll recognize people, you know, in it. June, and June Diane Raphael's in it from, uh, well, she was in, the thing I remember her in was NTSF. SDSV or SUV on Adult Swim. Yeah, well, she's hilarious as this woman who had a baby at 40 and she's telling, uh, she plays a girl named Nellie. She's telling her about, you better, you know, you better do something in your 30s about your fertility. And so that's why she goes and decides that, you know, I just need to take this on myself. And so, and this is based on her, her real journey doing this. Oh, wow. So so she did. But my favorite line of the whole movie is she says, I don't even know if I want kids. I've seen euphoria. <laughs> and then Yvonne uh, Strav Stravosky from Chuck is in it, too. Yes, yeah, she plays the, a preg the pregnant mom. I mean, at the, the, the pregnant mom at the at the baby shower. Ah. Uh. And so, so it's, it's very, if, if any woman who is, has, has had this anxiety about childbearing, about, uh, uh, you know, what she's done with her life and is she going to have a child? Uh, this is that kind of comedy. It's very relatable. It's, it resonates. Now I will say it's rated R for a reason. Yeah. She, she, has... she keeps trying to have sex with everybody. <laughs> yeah. She has some random, hooks, but She's talking at this wedding about she's tired of going to guys' places and they either have a poster of Scarface or Reservoir Dogs in their bedroom. <laughs> and she wakes up in this guy's place and it's got Scarface staring at her. 
Oh, so I just, I just love the humor like that. So it's, it's very, very clever. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Leah McKendrick's a name that you're going to hear more of. Um, and I'm really glad I saw it. Um, I was. Well, uh, Indy Wire said she's 28 rising filmmakers to watch from last year. So she was one of them. Yeah. So it opens Friday at the multiplexes and apparently uh, it'll be video on demand. And uh, Wonka. That's is what you have to do now. Yeah. Wonka's video on demand too right now. And so is Silent Night, that John Woo movie where the hook is the lead, Joel Kinnaman, has lost his voice through a tragic accident. And it is Silent Night. But it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, unlike well, it's it's on the it's it's on the vein of Die Hard Lethal Weapon Christmas movies. Ah. If you want to think of that. Now we both missed Argyle. Yep. I hear everyone's in that movie. Everyone. It, it if you could name like somebody, they're in that movie. Brian Cranston, Samuel L. Jackson, uh Dua Lipa. Right. So you've added Dua Lipa to your blues games repertoire. I've been playing Dua Lipa for years at blues games. So when Max says you should play some Dua Lipa, I'm, I'm already playing Dua Lipa. Uh-huh. Well, now it's your all-star break, isn't it? Yep. That's why we've got Disney on Ice and uh, WWE and Eagles and Steely Dan. I Tonight is the only night I have free for the next week. I have something every single night. Wow. Well, we will, um, the movies, January is considered a, a uh, tough month because it's, it's no, the, it's, it's horror movies do well in January. Right. And it's the holdovers from the Oscar season. Right. And, uh, this, so to speak. Yes. Well, I am enjoying getting into True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster. She's fantastic in this. And I uh, really like Masters of the Air. With um, Austin Butler is proving that he's not a one-trick pony. And isn't Barry Ke Keoghan in that as well? Yes, and he's normal in it. He's a pilot. <laughs> And, you can uh, watch that one with your parents. Yes. And uh, so is Callum Turner. And it's got a couple of Nepo babies in it. It's got Sawyer Spielberg and Rafferty Law, who is a spitting image of his father, Jude. And uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Steven Spielberg produced it. And so it's in the vein of Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Right. Uh, but it's but it's on Apple TV Plus, and I highly recommend it. What it really showed, what I really like about this, is that it shows the mental toll that this bomber group that was called the Bloody Hundred, uh, because of their high casualties, endured in, uh, in during World War II. You know, and it also shows the crew glue of how the guys got to work together and how they bond. And I really like that. Now, the first couple, to me, it when you're starting one of these things out with a cast of, you know, hundreds, you got to focus on who's who, what's what, you're getting your bearings. So it doesn't really kick in to like the third or fourth episode that you're really locked in. But stay with it. And uh, there is also, because I love this bitchy old socialite stuff, 
from the 50s, and it's Truman Capote versus the Swans in the latest feud that's on FX and Hulu. And remember uh, the the Joan Crawford and Betty Davis one that yep. Ryan Murphy did? So this is this is Truman Capote versus the Swans, and it's got a great cast. These women socialites, uh, Naomi Watts, Demi Moore. Huh. Is one of them. So is Callista Flockhart. And uh, these are all women who turned on Capote because he used, he violated the friends code by using information that they gave him. Is that enough to sustain a television show? I, well, I think so because there's, you know, because he was all about being in the inner circle and then he got cast out. So it should be interesting. It should be a lovely, like uh, they're, they're, they're calling it, the tagline is the original housewives. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see. It pre it premieres tonight, January 31st. No. Yeah. That's tonight. That's tonight. And then is what else FX? is on? And then Netflix uh, has, and this came out of nowhere. Well, it, it came from Sundance, The Greatest Night in Pop. Everyone's saying you need to watch it. I know. I've, I've got that penciled in to um, make sure I see that because I remember that night. You remember that night after the American Music Awards. And it was that famous Quincy Jones told him to check their egos at the door. Yeah. And mm. it's all about the recording of Where the World and who was there and who got sent home. I believe there is one act that was at Band-Aid and USA for Africa. And I want to say it's the guys from Cool in the Gang. So we'll find out if my memory serves you true if you watch The Greatest Night in Pop on Netflix. Lionel Richie produced it, so. Yep. Oh, and he wrote the song, too. Lynn, where can we find you before my battery dies? I know. I am on KTRS Radio with Jennifer Blome and Wendy Weiss on Fridays at 11 a.m., right after the news. I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times. I am in uh on our website poplifestl.com and i'm uh doing news and features for the Belva news democrat so that's where i'm busy at and i'm on all the socials i even started threads carl oh wow that's good you can find me monday through friday on the mark cox morning show on 97.1 you can Find me on the weekends on 97.1 and KMOX for the Second Amendment and the Great Outdoors show. And you can find me on Instagram, Threads, and X, at underscore Carl the Intern. I don't know if I'll be doing anything soon because I don't have another hockey game until the 15th of February. So keep busy, Lynn. Oh, yes, that's our mantra. Keep busy. The St. Louis Theater Circle Award nominations come out on Friday. Well... Good luck to all who are nominated. All right, Lynn, have a great week. Thank you. You too. And stay safe. Stay dry. Keep warm. Everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.